Lord, we praise you. And we just pray as we look at your word now that you would give us understanding. Help us, Father, to just more and more realize that we all have a place. We all have a part to play. Lord, you have gifted each and every one of us for the work of the kingdom. And so we pray that you will continue to work these truths in all of our hearts and minds. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. So let me again just kind of give you, keep in front of you where we're headed, right? We've, we've talked about the purpose of the shepherds. You know, Manuel and I were talking yesterday. I don't even know how long we've been in this series. I know some of you guys are like, are we ever going to get out of this series? <laughs> You're used to it, right? So let's go right in line, right? But, but this whole series really got started when uh, Pastor Emmanuel on Thursday night was talking about the shepherds. I don't know how many people were in that study. Then we was talking about the role of the shepherd, and he and I talk a lot, and, and that's a serious responsibility. Uh, we don't take that light. As a matter of fact, if I could get out from under it, I would run. That's why I truly believe it's a calling, because I've tried to get out from under it. <laughs> but there's a tremendous biblical responsibility that we have, and we're going to be held accountable before God one day, when God's going to say, so, Emmanuel, run. How did you do in shepherding my sheep at Hope? I don't know about you, but that's sobering to me, right? So out of that, we begin to talk, and we said, well, wait a minute. We need to let the sheep know what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know how it is when you're getting spanked. Well, Dad, Richard took something, too. Richard, come here. <laughs> Remember that, Will? <laughs> if I'm going to get spanked, you're going to get spanked. So then we started on talking about let's, let's, let's do a whole series on the church, right? And we've been talking about your role, the fact that this is God's dwelling place, but also that God has gifted each and every one of you. When you come together to worship, yes, we sing songs. Yes, we hear the preaching of the word of God. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that's where it stops for a lot of people. They come, they sit, they leave. We come, we sat, we ate, we left. But are you using your gifting? And so we've been looking at passages that are kind of giving an overview of the gifts. And right now we're in the Romans passage. By God's grace, we'll move into Ephesians and Corinthians. But then Pastor Emmanuel is going to come along and talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in all of this. You know, this is not about us conjuring up something. This is not about you doing your giftedness in your own strength. Remember, this is as God has apportioned to each one a measure of faith. These gifts God has given you, right? And so it's not just about looking at the gift in and of itself, but you also have to understand this is something that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Amen? That's why he gets the glory. And then we're going to eventually come to the place where we're, we're going to ask you guys, hey, which of these gifts do you guys feel like, hey, I would love for you guys to really go a little deeper, right? It, it, it's probably about 14, 15, 16 different gifts. Can't do an exhaustive message on each and every one. We'd be here for another 20 years, right? Well, we could, but we're not going to go that route. But we are going to come to you guys and say, hey, out of these gifts, which ones do you guys really want us to go deeper on? And we're going to do that, okay? But then you know where we're going after that, right? Get up. Get to moving. 
use the gift. And that is so uh, dear to us. And we look at that as a serious responsibility. It's our job to help you understand the importance of your gift. But then to come alongside you and say, so, <laughs> well, I'm still kind of praying over it. Okay, well, why are you praying over it? Come here. Why don't you go do this? And we talked about that last week. Don't over-spiritualize it. We know this for a fact. God did not save us to come and sit. Amen? We all know that. But I'm, I'm still trying to discern what my gift is. While you're trying to discern what it is, get moving. Get serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And other people will begin to confirm or deny. Hey, you really are. I think that's what God has called you to do. But don't just sit. So we've been in a book of Romans. And again, we're going to be a little abbreviated today just in light of everything going on. But let's go ahead and look at Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. And let's go starting at verse 4. Romans 12, 4. Okay. And again, the idea that all of us have a gift for as in one body. We have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. We're all going to be different. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We talked about that there are a diversity of gifts among us. We're going to have different functions. And I know humanly what we can tend to do is start comparing ourselves with the giftedness of other people. Don't do that. It does not, that, that is not the way it should function in the house of God. No matter what your gift is, your gift is no less significant than some of those other gifts that might be more out in front. Amen? And again, this is the way the world looks at people's abilities and talents. You meet somebody, first thing, how you doing, how you doing? My name is Ron, what's your name? Doug, what's the next question? What do you do? And, and we're so quick to compare ourselves as soon as the person answers that. Oh, what do I do? Oh, I'm a brain surgeon. Wow. That conversation goes on for about 30 minutes. Um, I run my own paper route. Oh, that's cool. Good to have you here. And we move on. Come on, we do that, don't we? Right? This should not be the mentality in the house of God. We have diversity of gifts. But notice, we are what? I love this individually members of one another. I belong to you, you belong to me. We are stuck with one another. Think about that, right? Amen. We're one in Christ. So if, if we have this proper mindset, then as we start to unpack what these gifts are, there should be no jealousy, no divisions. Look at verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. The gifts are given for the edification and the building up of God's people. It is not an option for me not to use my gift. It is not an option for you not to use your gift. Let us use them. And then as we started to unpack these, he started to give and list. It's, it's prophecy in proportion to our faith. Now, we, we talked about last week, we, we started to unpack this, this idea of prophecy, interpreting, uh, saying this is something that God has given me to give to you. 
We're going to unpack this more. But I know that freaks some people out. That freaks people out. We have Christians that, that, that fall on different sides of, 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 of the, uh, the, the giftedness as far as which ones are in play, which ones are not in play. We're not going to get into all of that right now. But let me do say this. No matter where you are, there is something that we're all called to do and be. And that is have love and humility. Love and humility. Amen. I have dear brothers in, in, in the ministry, and we disagree on some of these things. That's okay. All right? But at the end of the day, that's my brother in the Lord, and he lands here, and I land here. That's okay. We use the gift of debate during those times. But here I believe what God is talking about is, is this idea of inspired speech, something that God gives you to say. Now, this, this gift of prophecy, this does not have the way or the authority of God's word. Let's make that clear. This is not on par with the inerrant word of God. Amen? But I do believe that there are gifts where God will give these gifts of prophecy. And again, it's for what? The encouragement, the building up of the body of Christ. What is the intent? To build up one another. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. And again, we're just going to do an overview right now, but don't worry, we're going to come back around full circle and go deeper with a lot of these gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. So there's some accountability there. This is just not a free-for-all. I think sometimes when we start talking about this particular gift, people get a little nervous. And they say, well, well, wait a minute. These people coming up saying, thus saith the Lord, how do we know that's really from the Lord? That's a great question. Look at what Scripture says. Let it be weighed. Let it be tested. Is it in conjunction with the word of God? Amen. Now, my wife and I, you know, we, 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 were, we were all over the place, you know, when we were growing up and cutting our teeth in the faith from Pentecostal churches to charismatics to independent Baptist fundamentalists to liberal Baptist. I mean, we were all, I mean, I'm just a mixed bag of nuts. So when I met Emmanuel, I was like, this is perfect. This is, I mean, I mean when, when we sat for that first time, France sat, three-hour three breakfast. And when we sat there and had the conversation, our, our histories were so, I mean, it was amazing. From this to this to this, seminary train, this, this, I learned this in seminary. They didn't tell me about this. Then it was, it was awesome, right? But uh, so, so I was at one of, one of my wife's family's uh, church. And uh, again, I think they take the gifts a little, they're a little hyper, hyper with it. Right, they're always getting the word. Like you can't walk past them without the air hitting them, and they're like, "Oh, oh, 
And, and, and I got to use humility. What is it? And, and so we were literally walking with our place, getting food. And I walk, I say, hey, how you doing, sister? And she said, oh, 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 oh. And I, so I, I just put my food down. Yeah? She said, I just got a word for you. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, you got to love me. This is it's my wife's family. Monique and I didn't hear this. Okay, good. So, <clears throat> and, I, and she looked at me, and this is when our, our guys were little. Our guys are old now, but they were two, four, six, and eight. Handful. She said, I just got a word, just seeing you and your family and, and Monique. She said, the Lord just dropped in my spirit. I need to take all four of your kids and watch them and babysit so y'all can go away. I said, I received that word. I received that word. Hallelujah. I received that word. Right? So, you know, was, was that the gift of prophecy or was that she just saw that the four kids were running around all over the place? All right. I get it. There can be a misuse of this particular gift, and it scares people off. But, guys, let me give you a spiritual principle. The misuse of something that's in Scripture does not negate it then we look and let the scripture speak for how things ought to be used. Amen? So this is one of those, right? Let's keep moving. Let's, look at, let's go back to our text, Romans 12, 7. Romans 12, 7. So now he goes on, and he says, If service, in our serving. Again, he's talking about gifts. Then he says, The one who teaches in his teaching. And again, we just honored these three ladies, right? Who, who no doubt demonstrated this serving, this devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the motivation for everything that they did. Amen? Let's unpack this service just a little bit. Look at Mark 9, because the idea in service simply means help, helping in all various types of ways to help. And, and, and again, this doesn't just mean the, the putting away of the ornaments at Christmas. Of course, that's part of the but it's bigger than that. It's a mindset. It's a heart that says, I'm here to be used by you, Lord. Mark 9, 33 to 35, I love what Jesus Christ says in regards to service. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? <laughs> I love this text. But they kept silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. Wow. And he sat down and called the 12, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all. And what's the next word? Servant. That's the same word, where we get our word to serve, where we get our word for deacons that are ones who serve. But you don't have to be a deacon to serve. Amen? You don't have to be in that particular role to have this giftedness and being someone that serves. And look at Jesus' evaluation on serving. He must be last of all and servant of all. So when Jesus looks at us, disciples, you are arguing about who's the greatest. I'll tell you who's the greatest, the one who serves. Do you remember when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples? The greatest among you is the one who serves. Don't 
underestimate the gift of service. You may feel sometimes like, what does it matter? Does it really matter? I'm doing these what seem to be mundane tasks. I'm not up front preaching. I'm, I'm not playing. I'm not. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Don't you dare dumb down the gifts of God. Remember, if you look down on a gift, you're looking down on the giver of that gift. And we talked about already that Jesus has given each of us a gift as he has determined. He's given each of you a measure of faith that he determined he wants to give you. Now, let me ask you a question. Has he ever given you anything that's not good? All that comes from him is good. And even the gift of service, Jesus elevates. This is what makes a person a leader. Amen? Look at Luke 10, 40. Luke 10, 40. You're very familiar with the passage where Martha is uh, distracted, right? Luke 10, 40. But Martha was distracted with much, what? serving and she went up to him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone tell her then to help me have you ever felt that way in the church <laughs> Lord don't anybody else see the trash is overflowing why are they just walking back right so so we we got to be careful because we can start to get into the flesh you know I'm here vacuuming, putting stuff away. Anybody done left? What do you think? Walter's going to clean up himself? You know, well, thank you, Pastor. Love y'all. Like, yeah, well, we, we love you, too, if you grab a broom. <laughs> that don't happen here at Hope. No, no, honestly, it don't. It don't. It don't. Hope, hope stays late. Hope stays late. But I'm just saying, it's so easy, right, to, to, to get out of this, this attitude of, I'm here to serve you, Lord. And looking at something as mundane as services and helps as being a gift from God. See, that's what motivates us to do this particular gift. We do it as unto the Lord. We do it as unto the Lord because, God, you've, you've, you've wired me this way. You, you've allowed me to do this, and I do it unto you, God. Let's look at Acts 6. I know we're moving kind of quick, but I'm trying to get it before the smell comes in and y'all get distracted. Acts 6, 1 to 5. Again, we're just talking about the idea of service and helps. Acts 6, 1 to 5. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. It's the same word. It's the same word of serving. Okay, notice what happens. And the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples. And said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. You might say, well, wait a minute. They think they're better than, what do you mean it's, it's, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables? You too good to serve tables? No, that's not the attitude in which you're saying this. You see, the, 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 the preaching of the word is also a gift. Okay, and so when when the 12 summoned all of the disciples, they're like, look, we are functioning in our giftedness. We are preaching the word. 
We're about the word of God in prayer. This is what God has called us to do. It's not right for me to step out of that and step into another need and fulfill it. Watch this. Here's the implication. When there's all of you. <laughs> Amen. This is the problem in our churches. Right? You've heard the mantra. How many people do the work? 20% of the work is being done by 80%. Uh, you know you know what I'm saying, right? Most of y'all ain't doing nothing. That's, that's, that's what it's saying, all right? Just forget the numbers. Forget the formulas. Most of you are not doing something, okay? 80-20, don't matter. And so the disciples here... They don't think they're better. The, the, the 12 don't think that they're better, but they understand their calling. It's not right that we should give up our calling, which is preaching the word, to serve tables. Look at verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom. Don't, don't let that get past you. Good, good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom to serve widows? You see, this is more than just serving. This is something that the Holy Spirit is involved in. This is no small task. Look at the qualifications. Good repute full of the spirit and of wisdom whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and Philip and Prochorus and not, not all those names. OK, so the point is what? In this early first century church there were people that are starting to realize wait there's giftedness that ought to be displayed among God's people it's not just the pastor up front all of you have a gift to be used for the building up of God's body amen let's let, let's keep moving let's let's look at one last thing here let's go back to our Romans uh, 12 passage if service and our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching. And again, the idea here to provide instruction, explaining truth, understanding the truths of Christ, understanding the scriptures. He says that's a giftedness to be able to do it. And it doesn't have to just be in a formal setting. It doesn't have to just be the pulpit ministry. Amen. Everything doesn't rise and fall from what happens here. Okay, this is not the, this is part of it, very important. But again, these gifts are gifts that we, you, ought to be interacting with among one another. And teaching is one of those. The idea of, of teaching the word of God, does it mean you have to be seminary trained before I can teach the word? No, no. Now, you have to be accurate in what you're saying, but perhaps God has given some of you the gift of teaching where you have the ability 
by the Holy Spirit to explain spiritual truths. And it's crystal clear to people. Man, but I was really struggling about what you preach on. But you know, when I asked this brother, the way he said it, it just, the lights came on. That's beautiful. Amen? Look at Acts 18. Acts 18. Talking about this ability to teach the word. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, do you see the spirit again involved with this gift? Again, the role of the Holy Spirit. We're going to do a whole separate message on the importance of the Holy Spirit in all of these gifts. He spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. Very interesting. So he doesn't know it all, but what he did know, it was accurate, it was based on the word of God, and he was able to disseminate that, to speak it and teach it to others. This gift of teaching doesn't mean that you're a know-it-all. Right? And we got to be careful because pride comes with knowledge, doesn't it? And it's, it's not about going around and, and showing people how much you know. No, if, if you have that type of attitude, yeah, I question whether you have that gift. Because this gift comes with humility. This gift comes with a sense of, hey, God, God has enabled me just to be able to accurately explain this to you. And I want to do that because I love you and I want to build you up. Amen? I remember Monique and I, oh, man, those early days of seminary, you know, when you're working hard and no time for one another. And she's like, are we going to talk now? Are we going to talk now? I'm like, babe, I got to do another paper. Okay, you always got a paper to do. That's so unfair. Well, you always do. You're going to walk away like that? Okay, fine. Right? Remember those days? Right? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all sitting there like, nope, we never had those struggles. But I remember we got into an argument. I don't even know what the argument was about. It was probably something she brought up, something I wasn't doing. But then it went to scripture. And then when she went to scripture to prove that what I was doing was wrong, I was like, oh, I got this. You're going to scripture. Yeah. Come on. Bring it on. I give you the Greek, Masoretic test. What, what test you want? And I started in on her. Right? Explaining the word of God. And I'll never forget what she said to me. She looked at me. And I'm not proud of this. She pointed her finger at me and she said, you pompous pastor. And walked away. And the Holy Spirit was like, you think that's why I gave you the gift? Wow. You understand what I'm saying, guys? This is, this gift, giftedness that God gives through the power of his Holy Spirit, this is not about you. It's not even about you. It's to be used for the body to build up, not to show how much you know. Amen? And maybe some of us have been burned that way. And so we just sit down and we do nothing. Doing nothing is not an option. We have to get back up and say, you know what? I used to interact with people. I would try to use, and then I was hurt. I was talked about. I get it. We're human. We're going to sin against one another. Amen? But we got to go back to this truth. 
The gifts are given by God to be used. We cannot not use them. That's probably bad English. So, so, so notice in, in, in our text here that Alexandra was able, uh, or rather a, a native Alexandra, uh, Apollos was able to teach accurately even though he didn't know everything. But look at verse 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. I love this. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. The idea of this teaching is you have the ability to explain accurately the word of God, the things of the word of God. Amen? So I'm going to wrap it up here. Again, just to encourage us here, as we continue through this series, there is a gift that God has given to you. And to honestly be praying and saying, you know what, Lord, coming to hope, I enjoy the fellowship, I get fed, I enjoy the outreaches, and, and praise God, those all check the biblical boxes. But the other box we want to be able to check, and I am fully using my giftedness. I am fully using my giftedness with what intent? You will see what is the intent of the gift for the edification, the encouragement, the building up of us. How much stronger would we be at hope in the upcoming year so that at the 11th anniversary, we got to incorporate like a testimony service of all the things God's going to do because we're all stepping up and using our gifts. That's our heart's desire. Amen? Father, I thank you so much for Jesus Christ who gave us these gifts when he ascended on high. And Lord, I pray that you would please continually make it clear to each and every one of us the gifts that you have imparted to us because you have given them to us to be used for your glory in the building up of one another. So Father, help us to cry out to you, Lord. And Father, to keep asking that you would please open up our eyes as we continue to go through this series. We want to please you in all that we do. And God, we want to please you by using our gifts because they've come from you and they're for our good and they're for the good of this body. So Father, we thank you for your word today. May these truths stay in our hearts and minds throughout the week. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, why don't we stand? Let's stand.